What are they doing? We're watching Snow White. And they love it. Austin Taurus, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. I have assembled a cast of six returning guests to make a sequel to last year's The Gremlins Holiday Special, an episode I did with my friends Hannah Cordy, Doug Limelin, Lex Vranick, Bobby Torres, and Cat Hughes, as well as a musical performance by Josie Palmer. Fun fact, that was episode 47 of the podcast, and this year's Gremlin special is episode 99. Can you believe that? 99 episodes of the Would You Die podcast. And, you know, in February, this coming February 2024, we will be approaching the second year anniversary of this podcast. I can't thank you guys enough for listening, whether this is your first time or you've been with me since episode one. I truly don't take your time for granted, and I hope I give you a fun listen every week. It's the holiday season, and of course, I decided to make a sequel to the Gremlins Holiday Special, because these days, you got to have a sequel. And I got a banger cast of returning guests, all of whom made their Would You Die debuts in 2023. So without further ado, let's dive into the Gremlins Holiday Special 2. Kicking off the second annual Gremlins Holiday Spectacular with me is an accomplished author, journalist, and film critic. Her work can be found on Nightmarish Conjurings and Dread Central. And honestly, she's done so much incredible work. It's hard to cover cover it all. But I'm going to let those speaking typos go because I'm not saying that all again. I'm professional. It's Gremlins. This is chaos. Please welcome my friend, Chloe Harper-Gold. Hey, so glad to be back. I'm excited that you love Gremlins because uh, I'm trying to do a good job of bringing in new and unique guests all the um, every week. But at the same time, I like having my recurrers, too. <laughs> yeah. So the first question I got to ask and, you know, the first question to kick off this holiday spectacular is on a scale of one to ten, how much do you love Gremlins? Ooh, I would say... A solid nine and a half. Ooh, that's a that's a really high score. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I do too. I it's is it your favorite Christmas movie or holiday movie? You know what? I think it might be. And I'm trying to mentally go through the catalog of holiday movies that I've holiday movies that I've seen in general, not just horror movies. But yeah, I think that Gremlins is my favorite holiday specific movie. I I think so. I think it's mine as no, I don't think I know it is mine. The reason why I'm like thinking is because it's definitely my favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if it's my favorite, like any holiday theme, not just Christmas. That's because now I'm kind of trying to open it up. And I know like not every listener celebrates Christmas, but I want every listener to be able to celebrate the season of gremlins with us 
Yeah, I mean, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm Jewish, but I absolutely adore this movie so much. That's really, I think that's fascinating because like Gremlins is 100% a Christmas movie, but I think it could be enjoyed by everyone. And a lot of Christmas movies can be enjoyed by everyone because if they're just good movies. Yeah, I mean, Gremlins isn't, I mean, it's about Christmas, sort of. Not really, though. It takes place during Christmas, but it's really about family and friendship and the power of teamwork and uh, why it's so important to follow the damn instructions when you get a pet for a gift and don't give someone a pet as a gift. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and that's a lesson that can be applied to any big holiday or event, like a birthday. Mm -hmm. Like, little Timmy don't need a Rottweiler for his eighth birthday. Well, that's, bad think, on, that's bad for the Rottweiler. I think, you know, maybe start off with a golden retriever. But sometimes I heard that some parents will give their kids bunnies, like actual bunny rabbits for um, Easter. Yeah, don't don't do that. A pet is a commitment for right. life and they're living creatures. So, you know, talk to your kids about responsibility and treating animals well before you go out and buy them one. Not to get because... on a soapbox about it, but I'm, I'm just like... <laughs> I'm just like super into animal welfare. But like, but it's important, you know, because yeah. uh, you don't want a bunny to be sad no. when, when a small child inevitably can't take care of it. And mm -hmm. then sometimes like, yeah, I don't want to start off our holiday special. <laughs> so depressing. But yeah, take care of your animals. What else, what else uh, is Gremlins about? It's really critical of like the capitalization. That's not the word I'm looking for. But like the oh, consumer, yeah. consumer. Consumerism. Yeah, consumerism that consumed Christmas. Absolutely. I yeah. think it's a really smart satire of 80s American consumerism and the hallmarkification of the holidays. That is such a suit analysis. It's, that's exactly what Gremlins is about. And I think I was going to go down a, uh, a gizmo hole, but I'm going <laughs> to uh, I'm going to pivot because I want to ask you, do you remember the first time you seen Gremlins? Yeah. So, well, it's funny that you asked that because as soon as I agreed to do this episode, I was thinking about the time I watched Gremlins in its entirety. And I think I was probably in elementary school. I was at my friend Kate's house and it was a sleepover of course and I think one of her parents took us to Blockbuster and we got Gremlins and watched it in her basement. It's a very specific memory that I have um, but I remember really liking it but when I was remembering that time of consciously fully watching Gremlins um, it occurred to me that I actually saw a bunch of it before that like when I was a really little kid and I think what must have happened? It was playing on TV and I walked into the room when my older brother or someone was watching it. And I think a few a few scenes kind of wormed its way into my mind. And that's what made me point to Gremlins in Blockbuster all those years later. That's awesome. So it was a super long-winded answer, but 
Yeah, I was as a kid when I first watched it. Well, I don't know if this is a case for you, but I assume it is. And it's definitely the case for me. But Gremlins is a very influential movie for me as for who I am as a person today and as a filmmaker. Mm. Gremlins is really important to my taste. And I want to be careful because I don't want to say this story like five times in the same episode. (laughs) But I'll, I'll tell the story anyways. And we'll we'll see what happens, guys. <laughs> the first time I saw Gremlins, I I was like nine or ten, maybe eleven, but I was around that age. I was definitely in elementary school, and my mom got me the DVD for it for Christmas one year. And a couple weeks, or maybe a month or two later, I was at home sick, so I was in bed, not going to school because I was sick. And I'm like, I'll, I'll watch Gremlins. Like my, my mom got me. It's not Christmas time, but whatever. Like a movie's a movie. It I haven't seen it before. I'll I'll give it a shot. This puppy looking thing is cute. So I'll probably like it. And I put it in and I was horrified. Really? By Gremlins. Yeah, it scared me. It scared me bad. And it it's the initial... I remember specifically when the gremlins first become gremlins and they Mm -hmm. attack the mom in uh, the kitchen. That scene is so implanted into my memory. I think it's, I think it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Like I just remember being a little kid watching this with my little kid friend and watching a mom, like she she killed a gremlin in a blender, didn't she? Like there was a blender involved, yep. there was a microwave involved. Like she pushed a gremlin into a microwave and nuke, nuked it. So it exploded. <laughs> like what? That's so wild. And yeah, I think that it really stuck with me. I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. I was a sick kid. Oh no. Well, it was pretty, it's a very intense scene. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't prepared for that because I'm in my room by myself like watching it on my little tv by myself and I wasn't expecting that so I was like oh my god like ay 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 this is intense <laughs> and then uh but you know I I settled down a bit and I I watched the movie a bit more and it's starting to get you know good and like the whole bar scene with the gremlins yes. iconic stuff and that's making me like because that's very looney tunes so it's like okay I, I I'm getting this movie. I'm I'm going okay again. But then the fucking the Phoebe Cates monologue on why she hates Christmas. Oh God, that's the part that terrified me. Oh the yeah, most that's because well, that, I saw that reality that can actually happen. And I saw it like play out in my because she's telling a story. So I envisioned it in my head, and it scared me. And I called my mom who was at work. I was like, Why did you get me a horror movie? <laughs> And look at me now. Now I host a horror movie podcast and I make horror movies. So <laughs> thanks, mom. <laughs> that bar scene, man. I I rewatched it um, a couple years ago and I forgot about the bar scene, but watching it as an adult, like that specific scene was just so darkly hilarious to me because, you know, poor Phoebe Cates already overworked at this bar yeah. because christmas and it's a bar so she has that and like now she's dealing with these little monster things that are drinking wanting to kill her and she at one point says no biting like don't bite me 
Right. And, yeah. And if you've ever worked in a service industry job, like if you've been a bartender or a server or a barista, like you've probably thought to some of the page turns, please don't bite me. So that part is so, so completely real. Just the chaos, the absolute madness of the holiday season. So darkly funny as an adult, you can appreciate that scenario. Yeah. Because like you said, a lot of us who've worked um, service jobs or retail or something like that. It's mm -hmm. like, yep, that's Tuesday. <laughs> Do you have, and this can apply to Gremlins 2, one of the best sequels ever made. Do you have a favorite Gremlin? I mean, Gizmo, obviously. Gizmo doesn't count because Gizmo's not a Gremlin. Gizmo is Gizmo. Yeah. I mean, like a Gremlin. <laughs> I it mean, could be Stripe. Yeah, I think it's Stripe. I think it's Stripe. I mean, like Stripe is the only one with a personality to be fair yeah that is fair yeah. that is very fair it's a little rattle rather a little shit stirrer <laughs> i like the i like the the brainiac gremlin from gremlins 2 i forgot about that one i love him because he starts talking and i think he's voiced by tony randall <laughs> and, and he's so funny and like at some point the brainiac gremlin like shoots another gremlin and he goes i guess i i suppose that was rather uncivilized of me wasn't it <laughs> Oh my god, I need to rewatch that sequel, I guess. I love them both dearly, but I mean, you can't go wrong with Stripe. I love that they have an unexplained obsession with Snow White and the yeah. Seven Dwarves. That, and they're all singing, hi-ho, hi-ho. I love that so much. It's so, it's so weird. It's so, it's so cute, though. It can never happen today. It will a scene like that would never oh. happen today because Disney will get their army of lawyers out and shut that shit down. You know what oh. I mean? Oh, damn. You're you're right. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, the mouse will sue you if you have that. If you want like that, you know, how long was it? 10 seconds, 15 seconds max? Like you are going to be paying right. the nose for the rights to do that. Exactly. And like Gremlins was Warner Brothers. So, I mean, not to get too uh, cynical on the pot again, <laughs> but like I can't see a Gremlins movie like happening today because first off, they'd have to pick up the wazoo if they wanted to bring back anything relating to Snow White or just even bringing back that, which would be an amazing callback. But Disney is going to be like, uh, give us five hundred thousand dollars because fuck mm -hmm. you, that's why. And then it's just going to be like, I mean, and if somehow you do complete that movie, it's just going to be written off or a, write a tax write off anyways. Yeah. Honestly, though, you bring up a really good point about rebooting it. I think that if like leaving out the whole Snow White thing and maybe replacing it with something else, I think that I think that this movie could easily be remade well. I think it's I think the premise isn't so specifically 1980s that it doesn't translate to a modern audience. I mean, of course, there's going to be pushback from the nostalgia is everything crowd, but <laughs> I think it could be done. Oh, I got thoughts on where the Gremlins franchise should go. So uh, I know I just kind of sit talk them a little bit, but Warner Brothers, if you want to make some money, hit me up. I got <laughs> ideas for Gremlins. <laughs> I'll tell you specifically later. I'm, I'm not going to make that idea public. Um, <laughs> sorry to the listeners. But homie's got to do what a homie's got to do. It's funny because like I just sat on Warner Brothers for a second, then immediately I'm <laughs> like, "Hey, give me a job." So that's capitalism for you. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> yeah. 
your boy's trying to make a Gremlins movie. And, you know, that's a studio movie. That's a studio property. You can't just make a Gremlins movie. Right. Yeah, I guess not. But um, I, I do have thoughts on where that uh, franchise can go. But I got to ask, because you did mention Gizmo being your favorite. I love Gizmo. Gizmo's like one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Yeah, I can see the little gizmo head on your closet door right there. oh yeah <laughs> what is your favorite gizmo moment mm, man i don't even know there's so many i i think i really like the the beginning scenes with him where he's singing for the first time and he's playing with who's the main kid uh, uh billy yeah when he's playing with billy for the first time and they're having their bonding moments before everything just goes to shit i loved those moments I love those moments, too. I'm a little partial to a scene in Gremlins 2 where Gizmo dances to rock and roll. And I'm partial to that because I had a whole thing where every day for like six months, I use that same clip and I put different music over it (laughs) on TikTok. (laughs) So that scene holds a special place in my heart. But I, I, I love all the Gizmo singing scenes. And I love that in the movie, he calls the dog Woof Woof. And at the very end, uh, you can hear him saying, bye Woof Woof. Oh my God. I'm about to cry. That's so adorable. I love Gizmo so much. He's cute. He is a cinematic icon and a true hero. Mm-hmm. He's a little angel baby. He is a little angel baby. Do you have any fun Gremlins experiences? Like yeah. maybe seeing it in a theater or something like that? Yeah, actually. So back in 2019, December of 2019, there was, I think maybe like a week long streak of Gremlins coming back to theaters. But it was a twist because it was Gremlins in 4DX. Do you know what that is? No, I've never done that. I've heard it before, but I don't have any 4DX things around me. It's really cool. Okay, so you know those rides at amusement parks? It's like you... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you go in, you sit on a chair, you have your 3D glasses, and basically you're staring in front of a screen the entire time. But... Your chair is moving back and forth all around, shaking, vibrating. Sometimes uh, different smells come into the room and water sprays at you. It's like a complete immersive experience. So they did that with Gremlins. And I got to go to one of these screenings for a review for Nightmarish Conjurings. And it was just so much fun. I got to take my friend and it was just, it was just a really good time. But it's so weird because... I don't think that Gremlins was the best choice for this technology. Because, like, yeah, we um, we moved somewhat with the camera. So, like, that was cool. And I think water did spray at us at certain points. But it's not a very action-oriented movie, you mm. know? A lot of the action is on the ground. And a lot of it is purely purely visual and not really... It doesn't lend itself to a full immersive experience. But... It was so much fun, and I'm so glad that, that was even an option. Yeah, it was a really good time, actually. Did they have, like, the smells for... Is smell a part of 4DX? I think it can be. I I don't think that there were supposed to be smells in the theater. Um, I don't know, maybe someone had a vape or something that we might have smelled at one point. I don't think that was, was gonna. 
I was going to ask if Gizmo smelled good. <laughs> I'm sure that Gizmo smells amazing. He he looks like he he looks like like one of those plushies that you put a Furby. Like, no, because Furbies are haunted. Um, <laughs> he looks like one of those plushies that like you put like not air fresheners, but like they smell good. You, I don't know what it's called, but I see it in my head. Are you talking about? Okay, so I think it's like it was back in the very early aughts, and I think. Care Bears came out with a line of Care Bears that were scented or they came with scented markers that you could I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those very vague childhood memories that you're not sure that you're not sure if it was even real or if it's just the result of some fever dream that you had when you were a kid. Like yeah. Elephon. What? It's like Elephon. What is that? Is it real? No, I know it's real. I know it's real. It, it was like an old game while we were growing up where it's like this elephant, but it would blow butterflies out of its trunk. Are you sure? And you'd have to catch you'd have to catch the butterflies with like the little the little uh nets. You'd have to catch them. And like it's an elephant, but it's called elephant because it was hella fun. So you're describing this and I feel like I can picture something and I feel like I can picture like some ad where kids are playing with it on a lawn, but I don't I know. Think, if, I think no, that's a thing. No, I don't even know if this is an actual memory because people like our memories are so it's easily suggestible, you know? So I don't know if I'm actually remembering this. I don't know if you're actually remembering this. Maybe elephant isn't even a thing. Would Google lie? Google would lie. Man, like it looks familiar, but I don't know if it's actually familiar. <laughs> oh, I need well, to- Well, it's real. It's real. I need to unpack all of this in therapy next week. There's uh, another image. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a thing. Holy shit, what? It was hella fun. Memory unlocked, oh my God. You're welcome. And now back to your regularly scheduled Gremlins programming. And my last question for you is, what does Gremlins mean for you? Honestly, I think just nostalgia. I think that people who are actually alive in the 1980s might have a deeper level of this nostalgia. <laughs> but for me, it's just the coziness of watching this movie with my friends and just, I don't know, I think it's a good intro horror movie it's not it's not too scary it's not too gory it has just the right amount of grit and high stakes high enough stakes yeah i don't know if that answers your question at all it Sorry. does because that's what it means to you you know yeah it's just, it's just fun it's a fun little fun little creature feature yeah well thank you so much for being a part of the second annual gremlins holiday special spectacular with me Thank you. And uh, I can't wait until the, for the next, I can't wait until the next time you're on the show. Me too. Up next, we are joined by horror podcaster. You know him as a co-host on the Scream Kings podcast, as well as the People Under the Scares podcast. Please welcome my friend, Michael Anthony. Hello, everybody. Seasons, greetings, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all of that. How are you doing, Austin? I'm doing great. Uh, we are... Chugga luggin, 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 luggin. Uh, I 
don't know what that was. <laughs> you have some eggnog or uh, <laughs> spiked rum. Is that a holiday drink? I don't know. What I don't know what that was. Just <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that Gremlins Chaos is already uh, uh, influencing it's, it's, this this interview. It's starting. Oh my god! <laughs> it is starting, and you know what? On a scale of one to ten. How much do you love Gremlins? Gremlins 1 and 2 is a 10 for me. I, you know, I'm a creature, features, I, I just, that's my favorite subgenre of horror. So I have to watch Gremlins. It is fun. It's, I would say, a gateway horror to oh, kids, yeah. even though it can be a little, it's like, okay, you're, you're in the cusp. So let me up you a little bit to some darker things. But it's still funny and lighthearted and for the family. And it's timeless. You can still watch it today and have a great time. Oh, yeah. And I can confirm that because earlier this month I went to. So I I live in the Detroit area and there's this theater called the Redford Theater. So all my Michigander listeners, you okay. know what I'm talking about. It's a beautiful historic theater that plays a lot of older films and just like a bunch of different stuff. And they showed Gremlins on 35 millimeter and it was awesome. Jealous. And there, there were a lot of kids <laughs> in the audience. I mean, these kids today—they've seen a lot. So I, yeah, I'm sure they're fine watching it. Oh, it it killed. That might have been one of the best audience. Like, okay, so I've never seen Gremlins in theaters before this experience. Mm -hmm. I've always watched it at home on DVD or Blu-ray or on HBO. So. I've never seen anything. And I didn't realize how big of a crowd pleaser that movie is. Yes. I just, what was I watching? I think they re-released it a year after it initially came out. It still made a lot of money. Like that's how popular this movie was. And this came out around a time where there were a lot of great iconic movies coming out. Oh yeah. So I think Indiana Jones. I can't think of the other one off the top of my head. There's another big one that came out around the same or the same year. So for Gremlins to keep up with that, it, it has to be good, right? It has to be. Well, I think Gremlins went head to head with Ghostbusters. There we go. That's the also other one. made a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, you're right. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out that year. And then if it was released the year after 85, I'm pretty sure 85 is the year Back to the Future came out. Holy shit. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> This is a holiday episode. I won't be cursing. Uh, fuck it. We love Christmas here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because, uh, no, I uh, I should have assumed because it's a beloved movie mm -hmm. that it'd be that audience would go crazy for it. Yes, and it I just didn't think about it until it was happening. I'm like, people are really digging. And I'm laughing. I've seen the movie hundreds mm -hmm. of times and I'm still laughing. I agree in the same way. I've never seen a Gremlins movie in theaters. If I get the chance, I absolutely will. Um, I'm assuming it's kind of like watching Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like people already know the movie. They're just there to have a good time and laugh and say the lines. So I, I would definitely show up for that. I wonder if that was the case. I like I said, um, there is a lot of um, there is a lot of uh, kids. So I think it was mm -hmm. a lot a first time for them. Well, kudos to those parents. Whoever decided they should go watch that movie, I, I praise you for that. Well, that is, but like you said earlier, that is a great gateway horror. Yes, it's not too, it's not too graphic. In fact, 
I don't know how graphic it. I think they obviously could have gone much darker and <laughs> and more violent. So I think they they did a good job of straddling the line of making it fun for kids, but I don't know the right term. Not kitty to the point where adults can't watch it because I think both are right. entertained by the movie. And it's not like gory, but there's a lot of slime. There's a lot of like yes. It's a gross movie, but it's it not is. blood. It's not well. It's not our blood. Well, it's not, yeah, it's not human <laughs> blood. There is no red. <laughs> Which genius? That's a genius way to get around the ratings. Okay, mm -hmm. like let's just splatter a bunch of green mess everywhere. And they upped it in the second movie, and I was here. For oh it. yeah, oh yeah. I uh, I love the second movie so much. Yes, it's a plot I would never think of, but it's also genius. Yes, let's take the gremlins and throw them in a big city. And then we're, they're going to be trapped in a, in a high-rise building or in an office building. <laughs> yeah. And I I would never think of that, but somehow it worked out perfectly and it made fun of itself, which is great. Uh, it had cameos. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and this also uh, started off my theory that Eevee Pokemon is... Um, somehow related to a fucking mogwai somehow because it just doesn't make sense to me that these are two similar things they just get experimented on and they're basically eevees turning into something else that is so true and also it goes into my theory that people love big ears big eyes cute things and i, I think like Ismo's the OG. he's adorable i think he's the og because like there's baby yoda there's pikachu which you brought a Pokemon. Um, they're Stitch. Yes. yes. Which you know, maybe in real life I wouldn't like them, but <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> that's film, fair. great. Actually, but Gizmo, I, think... I might because Gizmo's cute, but well, some things that it... I wouldn't be able to take. Well, Gizmo's cute in live action. So yes. Gizmo and, the and Baby Yoda. The way he moves with his puppets, little arms. They're live action. Feet. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they'd be cute. Pikachu, I think, has the potential to be cute in real life. Okay. Because I did see that Detective Pikachu Pokemon movie that came out a few years oh, that's ago. That's right. <laughs> but then again, they all, like, it was live action, but it was all CG made to, like, they still weren't realistic, if that makes sense. Yeah. There was I guess some... they kind of were, but. There were memes going around of what the Pokemon would realistically look like. And most of them, it was just, it, they would legitimately look like real animals. I would not want to be near. Right. But, you know, I, I think there's a chance. I, I love, I love the cute things, but mostly Gizmo. Gizmo is my homie. Yes, he's adorable. Now I have made fun of him and Bobby dragged me for this because... <laughs> I just, it irritates me. He knows he's he's so dangerous. And I know he tries to stay away from things. He just can't help it. And then hysteria happens. And I'm just like, I just need you to stay in a bubble. And I know that's horrible, but you have to stay there. It's just, and I need to know what happens afterwards. Like I've been wanting a reboot or another sequel for, well, decades now. Oh my God. Yeah, decades. <laughs> Did you see the prequel on... Uh, is it HBO Max or Max? Oh, the the new cartoon. Yes, Secrets yeah. of the Mogwai. 
I love that. I love getting an explanation. I love that they didn't hold back, even though it was a cartoon. We still got deaths and they introduced all these different, I guess, creatures of Chinese folklore. And I was like, mm. that's really cool ad addition as well. No, I thought that was really well done. And um, and I know I'm not the well, neither of us are the target audience, but <laughs> but you, we could still enjoy it. It's definitely made for kids, but just like the original Gremlins, it doesn't shy away from the stakes. Right. Like, it's yeah, it not like, not. oh, everything's going to be OK. It makes you wonder, like, oh, shit, is think are, is shit about to go down? <laughs> like, Yeah, I think the moment someone's fingers got bit off, I was like, OK, this is not going to be a cookie cutter kind of animated show. <laughs> right. Right. But. And then Gizmo has like some really funny one-liners in it. <laughs> oh, he somehow was more adorable on the animated series. The eyes got bigger. Yeah, yes. And then there were a bunch that looked like him and oh, I couldn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, uh, so you watched uh, both movies today in preparation, which you're a homie. I appreciate yes. that. Did you notice that Gizmo somehow gets like way cuter in gremlins 2 than he is in the original yes he does get cuter there's something about his little movements i noticed there's a point where he's scared and he's holding one of his arms as he's taking his little steps i know i just <laughs> he's way cuter in this one and he seems in the fact he finds billy and then he does this little sad and happy i can't take it it's like a puppy I can't... yeah <laughs> and i think them being several years apart, like technology vastly improved. Oh, yeah. So the puppet got, they were able to do more with the puppet. Cause like in the first Gremlins, you never see him walking because they can't. Right. <laughs> but in the second one, Gizmo is doing a whole ass dance. <laughs> the Dances. filmmakers are literally showing off for us. And I, I love it. Gizmo's Stunt shaking work. his tail feather. He's an action star. <laughs> it's just, Oh, yeah, I want a gizmo. I want one. I love how he goes from watching the Clark Gable movie in the first one to the uh, the fucking Rambo movie. Rambo, yes. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Wing is like, again, TV? No. <laughs> so he clearly loves watching it. <laughs> do you remember the first time you watched Gremlins? Oh, my God. I do not. However... I know I probably forced my mother to rent this for me. <laughs> <as a kid. laughs> That's typically how this went. We would go to Blockbuster and I would see, you know, the cover of some movie. And I'm like, look, I want to watch this. And at that point, there was a lot of movies I had never watched. You know, Child's Play, Gremlins. There was a lot just because of the time gap. And Gremlins was one of them. Gremlins 2, I think I saw on TV. And I just, those are just heavy in rotation. It's because they're just fun. I love fun horror movies, especially creature features. And the gremlins in the second one, like the quote unquote evil ones, they they got better looking as well and way more yeah. detailed and scary as hell. And in Oregon, I used to live in Oregon for two years. There, there's still a video store there. And they have like a... I guess it would be their version of a life-size replica of the spider one. Oh, shit. And they have like a lot of different memorabilia from movies in this play. I, I hate I can't remember the name of it, but I want it. I'm sure it's not cheap. But 
and it would scare the hell out of somebody if I put it outside. <laughs> Which makes it a perfect October decoration. Yes. If you put it by a bush, oh, you'll be the favorite house on the block. Are the most despised, depending on the trick-or-treater. Oh, true. <laughs> I don't even know if kids are trick-or-treating still. We, I didn't even get one trick-or-treater this year. Oh. Which I ate all the candy, but <laughs> I don't know. What's At least happening. there was there is some good. Um, I had some. I had trick or treaters, but it was okay. cold. Oh wow, really? It gets cold. It was so cold in October. Yeah, I live in Michigan. It sucks. <laughs> Eef. But I was wearing my gizmo onesie, so it wasn't too bad for me. <laughs> I was just passing out candy, so it wasn't. It wasn't okay, too bad. Yeah. Okay, so I got to tell this story real quick. I'm wearing my gizmo onesie, and I'm as snug as a bug in a rug. And um, there'd be a couple parents like coming through, and they're wearing their onesies. And I'd I'd look at them, and they'd look at me, and we'd do like the nod of respect because it's just like we're part of the onesie uh, fan club now. It's just like we're the cool ones. Yeah, we're so comfy right now, you know. <laughs> so it's just like. I know it's 30 degrees right now. It was something insanely cold. But, you know, I was chilling because I had my warm gizmo um, onesie. And kids were coming up and they'd be like, oh, my God, are you gizmo from Gremlins? I'd be like, yeah. Wow. And, and there's this one kid. He was a bigger kid, but um, he seemed to be about five or six. But the size of an eight-year-old, you know, the, you know the type I mean? Where it's yeah. like you could tell he's younger, but he's big for his age, and not fat, but he's just he, he's growing he's faster been than eating the rest. Mogwai. Of the he's been eating Mogwai. <laughs> That's what happened. He comes up to me, and with all of the confidence in the world, he just looks at me dead in the eyes. He goes, "You a dog?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yep." Here's your candy. I didn't know what to, I was like. So where are your parents? I need them to educate you. A dog. How dare you? <laughs> he was so confident. I couldn't correct him. His parents are probably he'd be like, the sky's red. And his parents are probably like, sure, buddy. Yeah, I don't have. That was so adorable. How can I correct that? <laughs> that kid's probably oh, going to be president. Geez. Because uh, no one could tell him no. I couldn't. It's possible. <laughs> it is very possible. That was a big hit, I think, that onesie. I, I'll wear it again. <laughs> I think I need, I think I may have seen one at Spirit. And That's where I got it. mine. Okay. Okay. So maybe we I need could, to go when it's not Halloween season and buy this. We could have been matching. We could have. <laughs> ooh, or I could get the, I always mess this one's name up, Stripe. I always call him, um, Spike for some reason. I always call him Spike too. It's like they should have just called him that. <laughs> because he had spiky hair. Yes. Why would you call him Stripe? He doesn't because even have stripes. Just the little one thing on his head. A mohawk. Yeah. But <laughs> that would have made more sense. <laughs> but Spike makes more sense because like the hair is kind of like a like it's spiky hair. It's yeah. not stripey hair, but <sighs> what do we know? Okay. Joe Dante, I know you're listening. That is that is my one nitpick of your otherwise perfect film that has influenced who I am as a person today. Yes. And if you somehow get a whiff of there being a reboot or a sequel, please give us screeners or screenings for these. I want to make it. 
<gasps> or yes, even better. Ooh, can I die in the movie? <laughs> uh yeah. Obviously, I'm gonna bring all my fave "Would You Die" guests uh, to get cameos. I'm gonna call it Gremlins Three People Zero. <laughs> yes, uh, it's gonna be a psycho kind of scene. I'm taking a shower, and one of the gremlins in my brain. There's a third level of gremlins. So after they turn into like the little lizard-looking ones, if they, I don't know, eat more. <laughs> <laughs> After midnight again, then they get more, then they become like the size of a human, but they look like that, which would be crazy terrifying. Yeah. I'm taking a shower and one just destroys me and I'm doing a little scream and everything like in cycles. It's, it's <laughs> going to be shot for shot the same. I love it. I was kind of playing with the idea of what a future Gremlins movie could look like. And I thought it'd be funny because like the second movie breaks, like it goes meta before meta mm -hmm. was really a thing yeah. when like the film reel the gremlins are in the projector room and then hulk hogan comes oh, yes. out to, hey play the movie <laughs> like it's just crazy because that's how confused i was because i didn't know what meta was back then <laughs> right I was, I was like wait they're watching the movie while they're it doesn't make sense <laughs> but i had a idea that like to make a gremlins movie you have to go through warner brothers which okay. I got beef with them, but I, I'm going to set it aside for the moment. Warner Brothers is historically one of the great studios. So they have thousands of iconic movies. And I think it would be really funny if the Gremlins somehow broke film history. So you see Gremlins causing havoc in different iconic Ooh, Warner Brothers movies. That would actually be really fun. I just don't want to do it in a way that i'm not trying to throw shade but i don't want to do it in the way space jam 2 did it <laughs> you know what i haven't seen that you don't need to okay i will take your word for it all you need to know is they did my boy marvin the martian dirty and i'm still mad about it <laughs> <laughs> is babs in this Babs is her name babs barbara streisand <laughs> the buddy that Bugs had a crush on Lola. Where did I? Oh my God, that's a rapper, Babs the Bunny. Excuse me, <laughs> Lola Bunny. Uh, yeah, there we she's go. In it. But yeah, they kind of have like a similar idea, but I don't know. It just felt like Warner Brothers patting themselves on the back, using the Lo Looney Tunes to do it, and yeah. Okay. And I don't know. I got beef because uh, the current administration of Warner Brothers seems to not like the Looney Tunes anymore. And it's like, buddies, mm. people fucking love Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Why? That it'd be like it'd be like Disney being like, you know, we don't fuck with Mickey Mouse anymore, which is crazy. Right. Our Nintendo being like, you know, what'd be cool if we no longer did anything with Pikachu. Pikachu, Zelda, <laughs> anything. Yeah, but anyways, anyways, I'm not the one making millions of dollars driving an iconic studio into the ground. So what do I know? <laughs> the night is young. <laughs> but I think it'd be cool to see like gremlins causing havoc. Like I'm trying to think of some Warner Brothers movies. I think Inception is one. So like the gremlins <laughs> in the hallways fight. 
would be really funny. That's such um, a serious movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly, though. But that's the thing with Gremlins is they don't care. Gremlins is making fun of every. Uh, yes. I mean, especially Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 does not give a fuck. Oh, it doesn't. You could literally. Ooh. Now I'm I'm sure I'm going to be looking up Warner Brothers movies and texting you. <laughs> Just, um, this movie? I believe Lord of the Rings might have been distributed. I don't know why I think Lord of the Rings. No, that's New Line Cinema. I don't know why I always think Lord of the Rings is Warner Brothers. Maybe they own it now. Oh, Harry Potter is Warner Brothers. Mm, okay. So like seeing the gremlins at like a Quidditch match are like in the Chamber of Secrets. They would all be Slytherin. All the gremlins. They would, except for Gizmo. Ex- except Gizmo would Gizmo. be, uh, my heart says Hufflepuff, but I'm pretty sure they'll just yeah, make him Gryffindor. He's Gryffindor. He, he can't say He's brave. He's brave, you know? So I have had a thing. I, okay. I do kind of want, it's sacrilegious. I want there to be a moment where Gizmo ends up being evil somehow. Like there's something that's going on with the rules and he ends up being one of those creatures. But Billy brings him back. Or maybe one of Billy's kids at this point. I'm not sure. But um, somehow love or tears from somebody he loves brings him back to his regular <laughs> form. <laughs> I could vibe with that. Because at first, because my first thought is like, you know, there's no coming back from that. But, you know, we could always write away. <laughs> yes. And and Secrets of the Mogwai has shown me I can do anything if we make yeah. this movie. Yeah. We can make up any rule. As long as we're the ones in charge, we can do yes. anything. I mean, exactly. Joe Dante made it up. <laughs> um, Chris Columbus made it up, you know, like they made it up. We'll be the next ones. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's in the spirit of the original, then I think people wouldn't mind if we yeah. took. I don't think people will be as anal about it as they would say something like star wars oh yeah i would not even dare touch that. <laughs> yeah people people go up in arms about star Wars. or like to keep in the horror family like i think halloween and scream gets people in arguments every day <laughs> mainly scream y'all are nuts um <laughs> But I get it. I get it. It's your, it's your beloved franchise, so you feel the need to argue with everybody about it. But I mean... I don't think Gremlins is that serious. I don't either. But you know what? There will be that one person who will get very angry. But And he'll get dunked on on Twitter, so it's fine. <laughs> I think there's a good way to, to balance the fun of Gremlins, but also raise the stakes just a smidge, just a tiny bit. Yeah, because... I think to make a successful Gremlins movie, you can't use CGI for Gizmo and the Gremlins. You could use CGI to erase rods and strings and for like explosions or maybe a mass amount of Gremlins in the background. I'm just now. But they need to be puppets. Yeah. You mentioned that this made me realize the technology that we've had since then and what can be done. Oh, my Yeah, the like it is it is limitless, but the main gremlins and gizmo have to be puppets. Puppets, yes. Because the way the movie's gonna make money is everyone who grew up with gremlins is gonna be like, I'm gonna take my kids to see this movie. Yes. And if you piss off the parents taking their kids, <laughs> which is the fan base, you're not gonna make any money because the kids don't have disposable income. 
It doesn't matter how much no. they like the movie. And imagine the kids love the CGI. Do you know how much it's going to piss us off <laughs> that they love the CGI gremlin? Uh, right. But it's I, like, you don't know Gizmo. You don't know him. This is not Gizmo. But if it's good, kids will love anything. That's true. Like, they don't care if it's CGI or practical or not. They just love CGI because that's what they're used to. I don't even know if they'll like it. If it, if it could be bad and they'll still like it. I go back and watch some things and I'm like, oh, I can see why I liked this back then, but not so much now. Yeah, that is that is very that is very fair. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you keep Gizmo and the Gremlins practical and if you make you have to strike the right tone, I think that's the hardest part about making a Gremlins movie is striking that tone other than, you know, working with the puppets. I do not envy Joe Dante um, working on that first Gremlins. It sounds like it broke him a little bit, but you know what? We're talking about it. We're talking about him. Yeah. He's the point he was like, I'm not doing this again <laughs> for a few years. Like, nope, not doing it. Don't want to do it. I, I do think you have to have, I don't remember his name, but the actor who played Billy, I think Billy and Gizmo are the hearts of the I franchise. Agree. I think I you agree. need that. Zach Galligan. Mm-hmm. There we go. Who's a cutie, by the way. Uh- <laughs> no, I... I- <laughs> wholeheartedly agree i think we're in that era of requels so mm-hmm. people would love to see him brought back you can bring in his kids because there yes. should still be some younger characters i don't know Inevitably if he hates x anymore but if you could bring her back it, that would be iconic it would be we make it work <laughs> warner brothers just say the word i'll show you ice cream and spider <laughs> okay no, i've I worked with the spider i've worked with the spider puppet now yes which See? i want to hear about later but <laughs> yes yes for sure but i think the important like the truly important thing is tone and making a movie that is irreverent poking fun at itself and just america <laughs> yes I don't and, think people are going to go into this thinking it's going to be Oscar worthy or anything. I think people are going no. to go in like, I want to have a good time. This is a Gremlins movie. So just stick with that. Don't don't try to yeah. overdo it. Try and we don't need Meryl Streep, even though I like her. But it's got to it's got it's still got to be not. It's got to be kid scary. Yes, there's got to be danger. It's scary danger. Absolutely. Yeah, there definitely has to be danger. But it can't be violent. It can't be truly violent. It has to be cartoony violent. Okay, you know? well, we can, we can scratch my third evolution idea <laughs> because if you have a human sized gremlin running around, that might be a little bodies. too scary. Because I think I think Gremlins at its heart is is for families. I don't want to say yes. it's for kids because mm-hmm. it is, but I think it's for everybody. You know, like a movie like E. T. and E. T. has yes. got some scares in it. It does. I, first of all, I'd be terrified of E.T. if I saw E.T. That's for- <laughs> I I love E.T. It was never E.T. that scared me growing up. It was always the like dying E.T. in the river and oh. then the raccoon is there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we all have that same traumatic memory of watching E.T. And then um, the astronauts scared me. OK. When I was yeah, that little. Makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Kids scary. But, I, I think there's a there's a good way to balance it. There could be kids scary yeah. and something for adults to be unnerved by. Cause like guys, I gotta do it. I gotta bring it up. I'm sorry, but I also I'm not sorry at all. I think there's a difference between a gateway horror like Gremlins and a gateway mm. horror like Jurassic Park. Yes, Jurassic Park 
is fun, but in a different kind of way, like a discovery. I'm discovering some amazing, right. and it's steeped in like nature and shit. It, it's it. There's an inherent danger there. Whereas this is cutesy, fun <laughs> animals that can be dangerous. It's a different tone. It's a completely different exactly. tone. Both movies. And like they're both relatively bloodless. I mean, there's a little bit of drops here and there in both of them. There's a mm-hmm. little bit of gore. There is a severed limb in Jurassic Park. I think people forget that sometimes. Worth it. <laughs> but like, I mean, most eight year olds can handle both movies. Yeah, we did. Hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Jurassic Park's not aimed at eight year olds. And I think Gremlins true. is. OK, that's very true. Jurassic Park could be watched by near everybody, but I think Jurassic Park is made for everybody, like a Marvel movie. Yeah. Like everyone are, uh, yeah. I think a Marvel movie is a good thing to compare it to. Our Raiders of the Lost Ark, like the Indiana Jones okay. movies. Mm-hmm. They're not for kids, but they are friendly towards kids. Right. Gremlins, I think, there for everyone but it is kind of aimed towards kids it is it's aimed towards kids but it's not off-putting to adults that have to take their kids to go watch it i think right it still realizes it it has to tell a good story (laughs) yes to keep us because you know i've had to babysit nephew nephews oh my god cousins (laughs) and watch backyardigans and things like that i can't do it but if you Tell me, okay, there's a Gremlins reboot coming out. I see the trailer, which I'm going to watch many times that day when it happens. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm going to take nephews when I have them, but cousins, little cousins, help teenagers. I'm going to probably drag everybody to go watch the movie, honestly. But yeah, absolutely. I don't see why not. And it is, they can do it. I'm way too excited talking about something that we haven't even heard is happening. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I got my phone right by me. I'm waiting on the call. (laughs) (laughs) I figure if I keep saying it, one day it will happen. It has to. Just looking at the pattern of things, Gremlins has to be on the docket somewhere in someone's brain. We need to do this. And why not me? And why not me? Exactly. (laughs) I do have one last question for you. Okay. Okay. What What does Gremlins mean to you? Uh, Gremlins just brings me back to a time of semi-innocence, and it brings me back to a time where I was watching movies with my family. We could just always congregate and watch things together, and Gremlins is the perfect movie for that. Um, It has heart. It has scares. It has one of the best moms in the first movie to be in a horror movie, and I will call it horror. Uh, Lynn Peltzer is everything. And it's also started a whole trend that, you know, little creatures running around, which I also like those movies. And it solidified creature features being my favorite genre in horror. So completely solidified it. I love that. That That's awesome. Where can the people find you? You can find me spewing a bunch of nonsense about horror with Bobby Torres on People Under the Scares podcast, on all your podcasting platforms. And we're both also on Scream Kings podcast on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on YouTube. And it's Scream Kings with a Z at the end, not an S. (laughs) Oh, my God. Bobby and Scream Kings have done the same thing with the the last letter of their name. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> All righty, man. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you for having me on again. We haven't forgotten about you. Jurassic Park Part 2, we have not forgotten. We're going to figure it out because this is the season of trilogies, even though there's more movies. But we're going to try <laughs> to figure something out, even though we already did the first one. Man, I love the Lost Rills, so... I'm always by the phone. I'm waiting on Warner Brothers call and I'm waiting on your call. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, definitely let me know when that happens. I want to be there. I want to be there watching the process go down. I, I can't. Oof. Okay. I'm, I'm going to bring myself down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we are joined by a horror YouTuber whose channel features rock and roll interviews along with a great show called Monster Memories. Please welcome my friend, Chris from Dead Noise. What up, what up? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. We are, you know, we're, we're, uh, I feel like I just been doused in water because I keep talking to one gremlin fan after another gremlin fan. <laughs> and uh, as long as they don't feed you after midnight, you should be good. Fair. You know what? That is fair. We're, we're still cute up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get right into it. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you love Gremlins? Ten, e easy ten. I wouldn't expect anything. I mean, there is a reason why you're on the show today. <laughs> do you remember the yeah. first time? Do you remember the first time watching Gremlins? <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yes. Short answer is yes, I do, and it was life changing. I had to have been eight, maybe nine. I was in the third grade, and it was like a year after I saw Jaws, and I'm, I'm sure I've told you this story about Jaws, and it screwed me up at seven years old, like most other people. But by that point, I was accustomed to horror and being scared. And Gremlins was, it was on TV one day, my sister was flipping through the channels, and it was the scene where they're at Mr. Futherman's house and they're messing with the TV antenna. And that was the only thing I saw was them on the antenna. I was like, what the heck is that? So a couple months go by. I didn't think anything of it because they just my sister just switched to the next channel. And I don't even remember what that was. But we go to Target one day and it's just my mom and my sister and I. We go to Target. I see Gremlins in the movie section. I'm like, I remember that name. That doesn't look like what I saw on the TV. I, I want to know what happens. <laughs> So we bought the DVD of Gremlins and we watch it at night. Terrible idea, but it was worth it. And it confused me because at that time I was like, okay, horror movies are scary. Funny movies are funny. You can't cross them. There's no in between you. God forbid you experiment with genres, right? Um, <laughs> so it confused me because it's like I was scared. I was young enough to be scared of it. But I was also laughing the entire time, like the bar scene, the movie theater scene. I was like, oh, my God, this is my favorite movie. But then I fall asleep. Then I'm like, I'll hear something. I'm like, oh, God, there's one in the closet. There's one under the bed. I'm going to die. But <laughs> yeah, from there, it was kind of the same effect with Jaws, where I got like obsessed with it and just the idea of it. I really liked the appearance of it. I liked the music. I thought it was a good movie. So obviously I wanted to watch it again. Number one, to see if it was still as scary as the first time I saw it. And thank God it wasn't. So after after watching it like 10 times, it became one of my favorite movies. That's awesome. You're you're really big into music. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the iconic 
Gremlins, like you mentioned, the uh, iconic Gremlin score by Jerry Goldsmith. Mm. It's very, that was part of what kind of had me on the fence of like, do I like this? Do I not like this? Am I scared of it? Am I not scared of it? Because some parts of his score are really upbeat, really fun, very family friendly, PG. But then other times it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> like when the gremlins first hatch and it's like the mom is going through the kitchen and you just hear the the drones of whatever instrument it was. And like there's something really ominous about it in certain parts. Like I specifically remember the kitchen scene where she's like she hasn't seen them yet, but they're like around the corner they're in another room and she's looking for them and you hear that slow score and it freaked the hell out of me and the same thing happened when billy and gizmo go into the ymca and mm-hmm. uh and stripe they they're looking for stripe stripe finds them whatever that those two parts that was probably the the music the cues that scared me the most but other than that it's like when you're going through the town of Kingston Falls at the big Christmassy and really joyful, and then by the end of the movie, it's freaking terrifying. <laughs> but that's that's what makes it great. It's got a pretty good soundtrack too, with like the different Christmas songs they play here and there. Like it starts with "Christmas Baby, Please Come Home" by Darlene Love. That's like the opening titles, and it's iconic, and it it just works so well in that moment. But Talking about the mom scene, uh, Mom in the Kitchen, which uh, um, iconic Amblin movies where a main character is, or, or I guess a uh, big supporting character is uh, under attack by monsters we can't comprehend in the kitchen. I'm looking at Gremlins Jurassic Park. They're doing the Predator arm wrestle handshake, the epic handshake <laughs> Yep, <laughs> of iconic monster scenes in the kitchen involving steven spielberg uh (laughs) but um right before like like when she realizes shit's about to go down the gremlins are fucking with the the record player and it's the do you hear what i hear which one that's really funny because it's like yeah i heard that gremlin movie soundtrack like joe dante understood the assignment (laughs) oh my gosh absolutely and like i can't listen to baby please come home without seeing the opening title of gremlins i i always think of that movie like if i'm going through the mall and that song comes on i think of gremlins it's like impossible not to oh i i'm 100 the same and something that and and to talk a little bit more about (laughs) the masterful use of christmas music and gremlins in the iconic Phoebe Cates monologue, and that's how I found out uh, there wasn't a Santa Claus, that monologue. <laughs> yep. Jerry Goldsmith is playing like Silent Night in the background in a minor key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is that you hear it earlier in the movie when the when Billy and Phoebe are like walking back to her house and there's the carolers at the house next door or something like that. They're singing silent night and you don't think anything of it until that monologue happens and you hear it again. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and you put two and two together. It's really trippy. Yeah. Cause those are both Phoebe Cates scenes and that's using 
Silent Night as a motif because uh, in both scenes, uh, Katie, uh, Phoebe Kate's character, she's just like uh, <laughs> talking about how she hates Christmas and how people are like, sad, you know. But, yeah, uh, exactly. It's like, oh, th- this is the time when the suicide rates are the highest, the crime is up. And then in, later on, she's talking about how Christmas was ruined for her personally. And to right. see it all come together with the same same song, same everything, same character. It's like, wow. You got to wonder if that was intentional or not. Oh, Joe Dante's way too smart. It was intentional. Jerry goes <laughs> Goldsmith, too. Like those that director and that composer. I mean, I'm a big Joe Dante fan and he's made iconic films in addition to Gremlins. Gremlins is probably like his biggest hit by far because like mm-hmm. I love The Howling. I love Piranha. But I think those are more they're iconic for horror fans. Yeah. And I think I think most normal people would be like, yeah, the howling. I think I know the howling, you know, whereas it's like <laughs> the a werewolf movie with E.T.'s mom. Right. Right. <laughs> but Gremlins is a movie everybody knows are more oh, importantly yeah. that pretty much everyone has seen. Yeah. Like when going back to the Silent Night discourse, it's like. I've heard some directors talk about how things like that will just fall into their laps or composers that will just come out of nowhere for them. So it's like really it's one I don't know specifically because I it's been a long time since I've listened to commentaries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's a specific scene where I wonder it's like, did they have that in mind? And it just sort of they had they they had the idea and then they built the scenes around that or do they just happen to be playing at the same time? I, I was not in the room where it happened, so I could not <laughs> say. I can only speculate. But Why not, Austin? Why weren't you there? <laughs> My DeLorean is uh, uh, needs repairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I do think it's interesting. I wonder what the what the inception of that idea was. If I just speculating i'd imagine that's something that joe dante and jerry goldsmith came up together after they shot it i don't think that would be something written in the script yeah that would make sense but just to cover my ass that's all speculation (laughs) that's all bullshit i don't actually know that's just how i just imagine the scenario like i have no clue somebody somebody get joe dante on the phone we need to know we need to know now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you said, they're, they're geniuses, so I, I will believe it if it was all completely intentional from the jump. I will not be surprised. And I got to gush about Jerry Goldsmith real quick because I, I I was gushing about Joe Dante. Um, I did not mean to throw accidental shade at the Howling. I think the Howling is great. It's one of my favorite werewolf movies, but Gremlins is a super massive hit. You know, yeah. it, it. I think... The year it came out, it was only behind Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Ghostbusters. Maybe another one. But it was definitely a top five movie that year. It's a movie that most people know. I think Gizmo is an iconic character who we see his influence on a bunch of different characters now. I mean, Baby Yoda is the obvious one because there was that little Gizmo Grogu beef uh, (laughs) on Twitter (laughs) a little while back. But I mean, like Pikachu, I think, has some Gizmo vibes. Stitch definitely has Mm. some Gizmo vibes. So there's more. There's more. But those are just the big ones I can think of at the moment. 
But I want to gush about Jerry Goldsmith because he is an iconic film composer. I mean, yeah. you look at that man's you look at that man's resume. It's just like, holy shit. That is one of the greats. And I know you know, but just for people listening, um, in case you don't know who Jerry Goldsmith is, you know his music because <laughs> his scores the the big one is Star Trek the Motion Picture, right? That might be one of his most famous scores. But you know, he won an Oscar for The Omen. The Omen being one yeah. of the great horror scores of all time. Planet of the Apes, that's an iconic film with a great score. And then if we're just Rambo. talking about Rambo, uh Alien. Yeah. Is a huge, huge um I mean, that's my favorite scary movie. That's my answer when <laughs> Ghostface asks me. He did Poltergeist. Like he's I believe he did the Brendan Fraser the Mummy movies. Or at least the first one. Mm-hmm. So uh, and he's worked with Joe Dante a bunch. I I think Gremlins was the first time they worked together, but I also think that Joe Dante and Jerry Goldsmith worked um on pretty much every project of Joe Dante's after Gremlins. And of course the iconic also, Gremlins too. I was just about to say that he did the sequel also. And in an earlier, I think on the Predator episode of this podcast, 97 featuring Eddie Vineyard, shameless plug here, uh, <laughs> I mentioned how in Gremlins 2, they barely use the Gremlins theme in that movie. And I yeah. rewatched Gremlins 2 the other day. Nothing to do with this special. I just want uh, my grandma wanted to watch Gremlins. So I'm like, OK, cool. And then I put on Gremlins 2 after because it's a perfect double feature. They're not terribly long movies. They go great. And it's like, okay, I watched the first one. I might as well watch the second one. It just eases into it so great. Like, you got to plan to do a Lord of the Rings sit down for that trilogy, right? Because that's the whole thing. You take a week off of work to do a Lord of the Rings trilogy. (laughs) But Gremlins, you could do in one one sitting pretty easily. It's only two movies, and they're not long. But, um... I made a mistake in a previous episode. Not only does the Gremlins theme appears, it appears three times. That being said, that being said, I'm my energy in that episode was still right because it three times in the sequel is not a lot. And it doesn't no. really it's kind of quiet when it does play. Because like one of the times yep. it plays is when I think the gremlin known as Daffy has Billy in the dentist thing. It's playing underneath all the dentist tool noises. And then there is one other part where I clocked it, and then I'm counting it playing during the credits. Um, but I don't remember yeah. the other part. It's like a it's like a montage scene where you see the gremlins through the clamp building and you see some in the cubicles yelling at people over the phone. You see them in the food court falling off of the stairs and stuff like that. It's it's part of like a montage sequence. Um, but th- that being said, I do love what they do with the theme in the second movie. Like it's in a different key. The energy is much higher. I I just think it sounds better. <laughs> it's also a lot more fun to listen to. Well, it um, is definitely yeah. more high. And I, I think it's most predominant in the credits. Because when it is in yes. the movie, it doesn't really appear too much. Like we said, in the two places, like even in the montage, it's it's following like a much higher energy theme, which I guess mm-hmm. is pre- maybe the Gremlins 2 theme. 
and the da 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 that that portion's is still kind of relegated to the background. It doesn't really pop like it does in the first movie, even though, except for the credits, because when it's in the credits, it'd be banging. Like I, I don't skip those credits because it oh, is, you're right. It not. is very high energy. It's actually in the orchestra. Jerry Goldsmith did a really good job with it. But I also think he, what he does very well is implement Gizmo's theme throughout both movies. Yes. And uh, whereas I feel like the Gremlins rag, or the Gremlins theme is underutilized in the sequel. Gizmo's theme is utilized perfectly and is even like a plot point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's, I think Gizmo's theme is one of the best cues in both movies. Like there's just something about it that just works. And when Gizmo's such a central character, it it's impossible to have it be overplayed. Right. No, I think they use it very well. Yeah, because uh, and I don't think it's like they just play it more. I don't think that's the case. I just think it's used much better when it is playing. Yes. So I think the reason why, in my opinion, the Gremlins theme isn't as rel as memorable in the second movie is because I think it's covered up by sound effects and yeah. surrounded by better music, but music that's more memorable to that moment. It feels like the Grim. I've, in my opinion, I feel like Gary Jerry Goldsmith was really happy with the new theme he came up with, and kind of forgot he had an iconic theme to also work with. So he just kind of put it in last second for the cues he did last. And I don't. I feel like that sounds really critical. I I don't mean that as a critique. I just kind of mean that as like a speculative like taste thing. Because mm -hmm. I, I think Gremlins 2 has a fantastic score. I love listening to that score. Oh, yeah. But I'm just yeah, like... I, I was just agreeing with you. I love... What I love about Gremlins 2 is that it's basically the first one on performance-enhancing drugs. Like, everything <laughs> is dialed up to... <laughs> everything is dialed up to 10. The Mogwai designs are all different. Mohawk is my freaking spirit animal. I love the design <laughs> of Mohawk as a Mogwai. Everything about Gremlins 2 I love. Um, It doesn't have the same, like, obviously the cozy holiday feel of the first one, but Gremlins 2 is just so much fun. And the thing is, like, I love the first Gremlins because it's kind of like a satire of America, American suburban life, the holidays and nostalgia and then yeah. gremlins 2 is just taking down corporate america yeah but <laughs> it's also it's also scream 2 without the nuance though because it's a it's directly making fun of the concept of sequels like everyone talks about like oh sequels are never as good as the original they're always boring they're this that the other thing they went balls to the wall. They threw everything they had at that movie and everything stuck. Everything worked. Yeah. And only Gremlins is able to pull that off too, to have a sensory overload like the second half of that film is. Only Gremlins can do it the way that they did. And I think that's kind of the appeal too, because the Gremlins are true chaotic neutral and you don't really get to see that too often. Like, true unadulterated chaotic neutral energy <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh while we're on the topic of gremlins 2 there are so many great gremlins designs i gotta ask uh -huh. you do you and gizmo doesn't count because he is not a gremlin he is a mogwai 
Do you have a favorite gremlin? Not okay. That's tough because like I would say Mohawk because I love his design in Mogwai form. But if I'm just going just pure gremlins, I'd probably still say Mohawk. Um, even though yeah. he turns into the spider gremlin and I have severe arachnophobia, um, I still think that was cool. But I mean, there's so many to choose from. If it's not that, it's the bat. Uh, I love the little Batman symbol that appears. Yeah. When he flies through the wall. Because no, that no, the Gremlins Phantom. 2's making fun of everything. Oh, the Phantom Gremlin. The Phantom's cool too. That's pro- I might put that above the bat just because I don't care for Batman. And the like the the nod to Batman was cool, but it just didn't do much for me. But when they did the mm-hmm. Phantom sequence, that was <laughs> that that's what did it for me. That's fair. And that that is completely, completely fair. I actually forgot about the Phantom Gremlin until I watched Gremlins 2 really recently. I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) this part's great. Uh, It looks like we're approaching midnight and I don't want you to have to go without eating. So you got to hurry up and scarf some snackies (laughs) down before the clock strikes strikes night noon uh, midnight. (laughs) I got one. I got one more question for you. What does gremlins mean to you? Oh my gosh, that's that's probably a heavier question than it should be for me. Cause like I grew up with gremlins and like watching it with my family during the holidays is so much fun. So obviously there's a lot of nostalgia and sentimental value to it. It was one of my first introductions to the horror genre when i was really becoming a hardcore fan of it and i mean just recently this past year we had a couple friends over who never saw gremlins so um we put both on back to back around this time last year and that was probably one of my favorite nights of this past holiday season so there's like just a lot of comfort in it both movies just being in the living room in the house just watching it with friends and family there's a lot of comfort in that and then as a fan it's like it was one of the first ones for me so there's a lot of value in that plus they're just fun they're they're really fun to watch they're both tonally different but it's still like the same chaotic energy the adventure that the second one had was a lot of fun my sense of humor is kind of in rooted in both movies yeah, I, I could go on for days about it, but Gremlins is super important to me. That's awesome, man. I'm so glad you were able to be part of this year's Gremlins holiday special. Uh, where can the people find you? Should you want to be found? <laughs> um, I'm not that hard to find, uh, whether it's <clears throat> whether I want to be or not. Um, <laughs> but I can be found. <laughs> I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Dead Noise Blog. Um, same thing on YouTube and Substack. My logo is the same across all platforms. So if you find one, you kind of find them all. Plus, I have a link tree in all of my bios. So it's kind of if if you can find me at one place, nine times out of 10, you could probably find me at the rest of them. Hell yeah, man. Thanks so much for being part of the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Up next, we are joined by horror author. Her debut novel, The Broken Heart, came out this fall. She's also an ER doctor and a podcaster herself now. Please welcome my rival, NJ Gallegos. Thank you for having me, even if you are my arch nemesis. Oh, are we on the nemesis? I can't remember. I can't because we we started out as Boba Fett besties. Yes. It's like a... 
And now we're arch nemesis. Yeah, lovers to enemies, friends, enemies, you know, that kind of trope. Yeah. Are what are like Boba Fett and Mando. Yeah. Yeah. But opposite. But yeah. the same. Yeah. And I'll have what like I, really cool boob armor. I want cool boob armor. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, we're here to talk about gremlins. <laughs> Perfect. What a what a segue. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome back, my friend. Last time you were on the show, we talked about our boy Gabriel, but not the archangel, not the archangel, the uh, our maligny buddy, the malignant man, <laughs> the teratoma. Exactly. But today we're talking about gremlins, and uh, my first question for you is: on a scale of one to ten, how much do you love gremlins? I would give it a solid. I'd give it a nine. A nine. A nine. So that's pretty high. I don't know if the listeners know this, but my mother and I had a tradition on Christmas that we would watch Gremlins because obviously it's a Christmas movie. And then Arachnophobia. I don't know why, but that was what it was. That sounds perfect. That sounds like a perfect. I mean, they're both they're both uh, Amblin movies. So like Spielberg produced monster. I hesitate to say B movies. But they're like big budget B movies in a way. I mean, kind of campy, I would say. Yeah, I, I don't think they're true B movies, but they got their influence from B movies prior to them, I think. Sure. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Because like you could tell Joe Dante making Gremlins was really, really into like the 1950s monster movies he grew up loving. And, and those are B movies. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you can see the little string and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that tradition. I I don't know why arachnophobia is a part of it, but I, it, I, I, I'm not knocking it. I really don't know either. I don't think anyone knows. I should ask my mom next time I talk to her, but I don't know. I have arachnophobia. For like real? Because I do too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm not. That wasn't like a joke. That was. <laughs> I have a VHS copy of arachnophobia. <laughs> I don't think I own the movie. I do have the f intense fear of spiders, though. Agreed. You can't trust them. And it's like, it's weird because in like, I know they're important to like nature and shit. But I, I but I I, I I freeze up whenever I see one. There's too many eyes. There's too many legs. They're too pointy. They're kind of hairy. They're too fast. I don't like it. Yeah, they're too. They are too fast. But like. I just freeze up and I, we're, we're here to talk about gremlins. <laughs> I, before we started recording, I literally said to NJ, I said, now these are shorter. So no tangents. I don't think I think it's been all tangent. <laughs> yes. OK, back to gremlins. Uh, do you remember the first time you watched gremlins? Oh, I had to have been, God, probably about four or five yeah okay I, yeah. I i don't know i thought when you said four or five i was like months ago <laughs> years ago <laughs> and then i'm like oh i'm a dummy you meant your age <laughs> you were four <laughs> or five. Oh my goodness i am clearly feeling the gremlin spirit right now i don't know how i just i just got off of work that's yeah. what happened so, so my brain's a little you. my brain's a little chaotic sure Circa think, like 1992. How about that? You know what? That's the year Candyman came out. 
there you go. It's a blessed year. I think two years after Gremlins 2 came out and two years before Pulp Fiction came out and one year before Jurassic Park. I don't know any movies that came out in 91. I'm kind of impressed that you just like rattled like that off like that. That is my one only skill in is I'm pretty good at knowing what years movies came out. I can't think of one from 91. I want to say the the Silence of the Lambs came out in 91, but that might be 90. That's not my forte. Dates, no. Listeners at home, let me know if I was on the money with that or if I have no skills at all. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, four or five, that's a really... Well, what do you think? Is that a good age to see Gremlins? I thought it was because I mean, like, you know, they're they're a bit well, not the gremlins themselves. They're not really whimsical, but like, you know, the Mogwai and Gizmo are whimsical. It's a Christmas movie. Um, Yeah. And then it it teaches you the horrors of uh, microwaves, blenders, climbing down the chimney. So I think it's it's a good time period in which to watch it. Yes. Machines in general. Yeah. Lights. I think I think there is a sort of like chaotic glee to the movie yes because it's not too mean-spirited and i think the character that gets the most mean-spirited death mrs deagle is also that ebenezer scrooge of the movie yeah and the one you kind of want to have a mean-spirited death (laughs) and the fact that it was the um like the wheelchair or the wheel thing on the wall yeah chef's kiss (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it's terribly means it 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 can be a dark movie. Yeah, especially the whole, you know, this is why I hate Christmas monologue. Right. <laughs> and that's how I found out there wasn't a Santa Claus, which perfect. Phoebe Kate's monologue is perfect. Her l- line reading, her delivery of that. You know what? I'm going to geek out for a second. I'm sorry. I love myself a good monologue. That's why I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan. But if I had to think of, not that I've seen every movie, I'm sure there are hundreds and thousands of great monologues and a bunch of movies I haven't seen. But if I had to give you my two favorites, I would say my favorite monologues of all time would be Quint's um, Indianapolis monologue in Jaws. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Phoebe Kate's daddy monologue in Gremlins. I think you're forgetting a very important monologue. The Darth Plagueis, the wise monologue of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> that is a, that is an important one. That is an important one. Yeah. I would put those the two I mentioned right up, just right above them. Fine. I think that one would be a contender for third. But there's so many great monologues because there's a Christopher Walken one in Pulp Fiction with like the watch. That one. Oh, that yeah. one's pretty good. Um, I, I, I know there are more. I wonder. Well, here I am monologuing about monologues. Look at him go. <laughs> and you're just like, I thought this was a dialogue. And I'm like, nope, I'm nerding now. <laughs> I am being a great podcast host right now. You so, are. It's just like, I love being a guest on this show. I barely get to talk. He's monologuing about monologues. <laughs> but I just get to look into his dreamy eyes. For context, she's looking at my gizmo decoration. Because the, the listener, I almost said the readers, the listeners... <laughs> Can't see the gizmo uh, thingy behind me. It's like a it's like a fanny pack. Is it real? That's even better. Yeah. And I just hung it on my door as a decoration. 
And now Gizmo watches all. He, mm-hmm. he, he watches every podcast episode. What a pervert. I think there are worse things he could be watching. <laughs> That's true. You just close like, the door. You're like, Gizmo, don't watch this. <laughs> and then you watch like, Sex in the City. <laughs> yeah. Or, um... <laughs> No, that's a perfect that's a perfect show for that. I, I can't gossip girl, maybe? You can't knock Blake Lively Blake Lively though. I mean, oof. That's true. That's true. So speaking of gremlins. <laughs> speaking of Blake Lively, let's talk about gremlins. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a thought. I mean, you know, there is a thought logic there because Blake Lively, Blake Lively, she was in a movie, I want to say 2016, 2017. My final answer, 2016, called The Shallows, which has a shark. And sharks, shark movies are pretty popular. And the greatest shark movie of all time is Jaws, which was directed by Steven Spielberg, who is the producer of Gremlins. So it's a natural thought progression. It is. It is. God, that was (laughs) that was almost impressive. Like, I'm a little impressed. Okay, go on. What can I say? 99 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) He's got this down, guys. (laughs) So we talked about Gremlins. Do you remember the first time you seen Gremlins 2? I had to have been probably a teenager, I think, because we didn't really add that one to the rotation for whatever reason. Hmm. Yeah. It's That's a good in- movie. It's interesting because most of the people I've had on my Gremlin specials, they're always like, oh, yeah, Gremlins and Gremlins 2 were the best growing up. But I was more like you, except I had an even later start. And I've all, the first time I saw Gremlins 2 was two years ago. Oh, wow. I didn't know there was a second one for the longest time. <laughs> and then the heavens opened and, and you were like, oh. And were you the, there? And then the like winged gremlin flew out and you were like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he, he burst through uh, yeah. my ceiling, le- leaves a Batman logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I I think Gremlins two is fantastic. But yeah, like you, I'm a more recent watcher. I just didn't know it existed for a long time, and then when I did find out it existed, it was kind of hard to find. And then HBO Max became a thing, and then it was very easy to find. And then I watched it, and I was like, "Where have you been my whole life?" I've only seen uh, Gremlins two a few times, so I would say here's Gremlins one, Gremlins two. For any listeners who aren't sure how I'm comparing, I mean, it's like Cat Bane, Gremlins 1, Gremlins 1, Gremlins 2, Theodore. Cat Bane's a fat piece of shit, by the way. I don't think that helped any of the listeners <laughs> if they don't know you, <laughs> if I'm being I'll, perfectly honest. I'll post uh, a picture comparing the cat's weights. <laughs> okay. I don't okay. I don't know where I went with that. Anyway, let's just uh, continue on. Yeah, So, so for context... Uh, Gremlins 1 is kind of like the Mona Lisa. Yes. Whereas Gremlins 2 is more like a Ferrari. Yes, exactly. And if you don't know what that means, good news. Neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) No one does. But that's the thing about the Gremlins movies is like, no, I appreciate you led me into an actual point. Uh, (laughs) The thing about the Gremlins movies is they're so unserious. They're, They're so chaotic. And... They know that, you know? Yeah. I feel like if another, if you're not Joe Dante, you're going to have a hard time pulling that because it's so unique to Joe Dante's vision and sense of humor. Yeah, he leans into it. 
Right. And I feel like if other people try to do what gremlins do, it would come off as not genuine. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you if they were going to make a gremlins three, what should it be? You know, I've talked about this with people and maybe now listeners, I, I go into like a different headspace when I record, so I cannot remember. I may have talking talked about this on the special already. <laughs> Or I may have just talked about this in like actual real life conversation. I can't remember at the moment. Editing Austin's going to be like, how come you didn't remember that? <laughs> That's just how it be. That's just how it be. Anyways, I do know what they should do with Gremlins 3. Hit me. Let's go. They, they should hire me. <laughs> and then you'll hire me. And then we'll have it take place in an ER where they just wreak havoc. And then I get to shoot one of them with, I no, I get to like shock one of them with the defibrillator paddles. It'll be great. And you're going to say, don't fuck with the original. And you'll get the one F-bomb in the PG movie. Yeah, perfect. Although, okay. So I do have actual ideas for a Gremlins 3. Warner Brothers, hit me up. Your boy wants a job. But I don't want to say it on the actual, on the air, um, on the recording, because like, I don't want... I, I love you listeners, but y'all are going to steal my ideas and I just can't have that public. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice. But uh but I do have a I do have some wild ideas. I think you'd be a I think you'd be a fan of my ideas. Okay. Um right. but to say it in vague terms, my idea would kind of bring No, my my idea would take the vibes of Gremlins 1 and um pair it up with the scope of gremlins 2 okay and it would take from both while also in my opinion introducing i don't know <laughs> introducing new <laughs> concepts <laughs> there are gremlins in nj's house right now guys um and on that note do you have a favorite gremlin from the movies stripe yeah that's a that's a pretty pretty good answer I just like, I like Agents of Chaos. It's what I like. It's what I enjoy. He Even is as a very, child. <laughs> he is very chaotic. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Gizmo, but he's like, he's just a little too cute sometimes. Don't, don't, don't be put in disrespect on my boy Gizmo's name. Just a little bit too cute. I like, I like a little bad boy, you know? Although whenever he, he gets into the car, that's pretty cool. So then he don't gets forget a bad boy. Hey, don't forget in Gremlins 2, they push him too far and he puts on the headband and goes all That's Rambo. True. That's true. I don't You're think right. there's ever been a badder boy than <laughs> Rambo Gizmo. He's the baddest boy. The baddest boy. My boy Giz. Uh, so yeah, you best put respect on his name or uh, he'll let you know what's up. <laughs> he'll be like, Rambo! And then shoot you with... Uh, a pencil cross uh, a bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. he, he don't mess I'd around. like to go. Honestly, that's how I'd like to go. Shop with an arrow by Gizmo because you pushed him too far. A pencil. Yeah. Pencil arrow, though. It has to be a pencil arrow. Yeah. I mean, he has to be able to utilize it. And he's a little too small for an actual bow and arrow. Yeah. But are unless they make like a. A, a gizmo size but because like stripe has a gremlin size chainsaw in the first one it's like a fisher price my first chainsaw yeah <laughs> i mean if it's fine to watch gremlins at five 
I think it, sh- it should be fine to learn how to use a chainsaw at five. Yeah, as long as it has the safety features, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, and it was like a bright colored yellow for kids. Yeah. So a fun fact about that part, which you might know, I don't know if the listeners do though, they had Stripe use a yellow cha- uh, yellow chainsaw as a reference to Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that's beautiful. So they knew what they were doing. <laughs> I love callbacks like that. Right. And Gremlins is full of them. I mean, they reference Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's a Wonderful Life, obviously. It's on like the TV, but like Billy does the It's a Wonderful Life run through the through the town in um, the opening credits. Don't they do the, um, you know, the dogs playing poker? Like they kind of like set yep, that up. They do yeah. that. Um, they have a little Casablanca. One of the um, Gremlins has like he's. He's doing the Humphrey Bogart with like a yeah. cigarette and yeah. the hat. Uh, Gremlins 2 has a Batman reference. Rambo. Rambo, Rambo right. right. Fan- there's a Phantom of the Opera reference in Gremlins 2. <laughs> you just so. can't find a more perfect like comedy horror movie, really. I think I... Mm, I'm going to challenge that a little bit. Okay. I think it depends on how we define comedy horror or horror comedy how about it it depends on holiday comedy horror then yeah you're right no comparison but (laughs) but like i said um because if we're talking like straight up comedy horror or horror comedies or you know yeah i think gremlins is a contender for the very best best but there is a lot of competition to be acknowledged and by that i mean Personally, me personally, I'm thinking of Scream, which does both horror and comedy very well. And American Werewolf in London, okay. I think is up there. But if we're talking like movies that are a bit more comedy than horror, now I'm thinking of like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Son of the Dead. Zombieland. Gre- Zombieland, yeah. But Gremlins is kind of like, I wonder if Gremlins is more comedy than a horror or more horror than comedy. I would say more comedy. Is it because it's aimed at kids? Yeah, although... I would say that the kills are pretty intense for a kid's movie. I mean, like, you're putting yeah. gremlins in blenders, microwaves. I mean, it's a little much. Loved it. <laughs> and, like, I don't know, that Mrs. Deagle kill is is hilarious. It is good. It's so good. And I think the funniest part about it is, like, the aftermath where you just see her, their the the chair in the snow with her legs sticking straight up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the music is so dramatic as like a big heavy low brass there. <laughs> I think that Mrs. Deagle was a very good villain because I think every kid could identify an adult that reminded them of her. Like, you know, like a yeah. scary teacher, the bus driver that's creepy that doesn't talk, you know, stuff like that. And I think she's very cinematically influenced as well because you get a like a lot of Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life yeah. vibes. A lot obvious obviously Ebenezer Scrooge. Sure. But I think she's got a little bit of uh the wicked witch in the of the West in her. It's like, I'll get that dog. Maybe that's Put the him. you know the Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly the that yeah. you're right. That is exactly the witch, whichever one gets um smushed by the house. Good, uh, Glinda. No, no, she. No, I don't she know. Don't, she don't get. No, she's fine. 
I, I have not seen The Wizard of Oz in a hot second. But oh, it's the Wicked Witch of the East. East, East. Yeah. Wicked Witch of the West is much easier to say because it's the three W's. So yeah. I feel like it should be the Icked Itch of the East. The WWE. <laughs> no, that's better. You're right. But no, I, I, I do appreciate how she has like a bunch of because like she's like. I'll get your dog. It's like, yeah. that's totally the Wicked Witch of the I just love when she's like, I'll put him in the in the dryer, spin it on high heat. And the one guy's like, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of the animals, they have like the dollar peso, like yeah, the dumbest names. I love it. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. I got, we got time for one last question. So I'm going to ask, Yeah, what does Gremlins mean to you? Gremlins is about not believing in Santa Claus because of what happened in the chimney and to always heed the advice of your elders when it are, well, not elders, really. It's the kid when they're selling you some random thing in China and it's family and love. And arachnophobia. <laughs> and arachnophobia. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me for this year's gremlins holiday special uh where can the people find you you can find me on twitter slash x at dr spooky underscore er and my personal website nj gallegos g-a-l-l-e-g-o-s dot com and you can also find me in your heart spoken like a true gremlin <laughs> and uh um and your book's doing pretty well too, right? It is. So The Broken Heart, we have got to be 500 plus copies. And for the listeners who are maybe hoping to snag a copy, we will be running a New Year's Eve sale. So follow me on the old Twitter and you'll get access to such things. Yes, everyone definitely check it out. Don't break NJ's heart. Buy The Broken Heart today. But I'm heart. Or do. I don't mind. <laughs> Break her heart. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Uh, I was about to say rival, uh, arch nemesis. <laughs> thanks, bestie. <laughs> and finally, we are joined by two out of the three wise men. They are two of the most menacing, two of the most devilishly handsome and muscular boys men, boys to men, you will ever meet. Closing out the Gremlins Holiday Special 2 with me, please welcome the Elkins brothers, Tyler and Dylan. Austin, that was a wonderful introduction. You're also handsome and muscular yourself. And I'm Dylan. <laughs> I... I'm so happy that you guys are part of the Gremlins holiday special this year. Um, you guys have been with the podcast since the very beginning with mm -hmm. uh, Tyler. You were, I want to say you were the sixth episode I ever did with Leatherface. Yeah. Dylan, I think you were episode 12 or 13. And Come we on. did Star Wars. Yes. Like the horror monsters and horror and Star Wars, in which yeah. we talked a lot about Christopher Lee. Who might make a might have a mention? <laughs> Just a flight, maybe. <laughs> and then you guys were most 
you guys were on most recently with Kyle, uh, the third three wise men, three wise man, when we did the slasher draft a few weeks ago. That's right. Which I didn't win. <laughs> None of us did. It was Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> you knew it was. I, I was so I mad because I thought uh, I was going to tie. And then I realized I had a vote for myself because uh, I was kind of testing one of the things. So I had to disqualify it. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> so, I was so mad because, you know, I'm a podcaster. I have honor. Yeah. So you, you run a very serious podcast. Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, you, you can't do a draft without honors. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Except for Kyle. There's no honor among thieves in the first place. That's true. He has no honor. <laughs> and that's how that's why he won. Yep. <laughs> that's a lesson to all the kids listening. Have no honor and you win. <laughs> <laughs> a perfect lesson for the holiday season. Yeah, right. Right in time for the holidays. Mr. Potter actually was a good guy in It's a Wonderful Life. We've just been watching it wrong this whole time. Exactly. He's a capitalist. What do you want? I've never seen <laughs> the reference. Really? Uh, I've never seen it. We're here to talk about Gremlins. We're not here to talk about It's a Wonderful Life, Dylan. I'll educate It's a Wonderful Life, and we can have him back on. Is that the one where Would You they, Ride, where it's uh, you talk about Christmas movies and sleigh rides with Santa? <laughs> That's the one where the, the, the people come in during the court hearing and drop all those letters to Santa Claus? No. No. But that anyways, Gremlins. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I don't like Christmas. <gasps> I don't. The whole Christmas season. Is there a holiday you do like? Fourth of July. <laughs> That's when sharks, you know, go and terrorize the beaches of Amity Island. I like, I like that the Christmas season is two months long, essentially. Yeah. I, I think that that's interesting. That w that after October thirty first, it's Christmas. From September to October thirty, like uh, November first, we're like, okay, it's Halloween, yeah. and then from November first until basically the New Year, it's Christmas. Yeah, it really is. And people are like, what about Thanksgiving? That's like pre-Christmas. That's like a Christmas rehearsal. It, it's Christmas rehearsal. It's where all right, let's get used to seeing everybody, but we don't have any gifts. So your expectations are low. There will be food provided, but no presents. But we have food at three in the afternoon. Yeah. A why? Big turkey, a big feast. But why not eat it at dinner? Because again, it's a pre-Christmas. Because Christmas, you get there, you wake up early, you open up your presents, you have your coffee, you're eating dinner at about four o'clock. I don't know. I think I've so. never seen you drink a coffee. Well, I wouldn't. But I'm talking about the general populace. Hmm. The general populace does love coffee. Yeah. Not me. I don't like coffee. At the wrestling tournament. Ooh. Three or four, right? But no. Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I slept all day today. <laughs> as as you should. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so, my first question for you guys. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you love Gremlins? So, this is what I'll say. The movies, I'll put at like an eight, eight and a half. Love Gremlins. The idea of Gremlins, 
52. I, I, don't, I love the idea of mugwise that turn into these these mischievous, murderous critters. Like, I love the idea of it. I don't think you can put a number on Gremlins, the concept. The concept. Yeah. I don't think you could give it a number. But the movies, what do you say? I would say probably in the same range. I freaking love Gremlins. Yeah. The music. The, the theme song is so obnoxiously beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's a delight. It's a treat. It, and it, there may never be a theme song that perfectly encapsulates what gremlins are. Yes. When you hear that, you're like, that's, that's what a gremlin horde sounds like. That's exactly what it is. They, that's what they're, that's, the, that's them while they're ransacking yep. and watching Snow White and doing whatever else. I got a hot take for you guys. <gasps> I would say that gremlins, the gremlins theme, the one you got, you guys uh, beautifully sang for us just now, which <laughs> is perfect because I needed a musical performance for this uh, holiday special and you guys just gave it. So yep. I'm, I'm in debt to you but uh i my hot take is i don't i think that the gremlins theme might be the most perfect musical idea to movie of any theme i think the only one that contends is the indiana jones theme yeah uh by john williams i think those are the two musical themes that embody their characters the best yes i wouldn't disagree with that that's not, a, I, I think that's a perfect take. Yeah. And anybody who disagrees with you, I'll fist fight them in the street. Yeah. I'm trying to think of more. I'm trying to think of more. Cause like, like the Harry well, Potter theme, that's not really Harry Potter's theme. That's like a theme for the world of Harry Potter, you know? And it's yeah. also called Hadwig's theme. <laughs> Jaws is pretty good. But again, yeah. more of just a, a looming dread. Yeah. Not necessarily like the Gremlin Shark. The Gremlins theme is, oh no, there's Gremlins. Exactly. The right. job, you're like, I'm in trouble, but I don't know what it could be. Yeah. And I think the the only one I can think of is the Indiana Jones theme, which is also from the 80s and related to Spielberg. Because when you hear that theme, it's like, all right, time to find some stuff, put it in a museum and punch some Nazis. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I'm, I'm tr- There's one more that I was just... Except Indiana Jones is useless to the story. <laughs> what? It Did depends I... on the story. I, I know that Raiders argument. Uh, you're not going to catch me off guard with that. <laughs> Everything still happens. That's a Nazi still find the Ark. And I'll tell you, you take Harrison Ford out of that movie, I'm not putting my butt in the seat to watch it. That's a different argument. <laughs> and the opening notes of the Godzilla suite Mm. that's pretty good because you're like that's a giant lizard coming to a yeah. city but then after that it gets into you know it it expands but though that opening womp, womp, or whatever yeah but gremlins similar to cape fear oh yeah cape fear is a really good score and we don't talk about it as enough enough no as one, a society nobody does You'll hear like college uh, marching bands play it in their pep band tunes. And I think that's like the only like I'll put on it's bulls. Uh, it's college bowl season. So you'll put on like a random bowl game and you'll just hear like a bomb, 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 bomb. And it's just like, OK, where did that come from? Yep. <laughs> well, it's also too. I think 
I'm waiting for a, an, a, a pro wrestler to come out to that as their theme song. Yeah. I think that that would be like pretty cool. Like you have uh, Gold Dust came out to the Michael Myers theme, or at least a version of it, the mm-hmm. Halloween. So I would love to see a wrestler come out to the Cape Fear. Yeah. Or the Gremlins theme. Or the Gremlins theme. But here's here's the thing. I don't think a professional wrestler can use the Gremlins theme because I'll just be like, so he's a gremlin. Yeah. Whereas, whereas uh, the wrestler who uses the, the Michael Myers Halloween theme, I'm I, I'm not thinking, oh, that's Michael. My-. I'm like, oh, this guy's a killer. This guy likes Halloween. You know, I mean, I'm still thinking of Halloween and Michael Myers, but I think like the Halloween theme transcends Michael Myers a little bit. Like, yes. I think the Star Wars theme transcends Star Wars a little bit. Yep. The Gremlins theme does not. The Gremlins theme is the Gremlins theme. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm sure people listening um, will have their their takes and let me know. Because I, I love talking about musical meanings and themes and like motifs and stuff. Like, I'm a fucking nerd, dude. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember the first time you guys watched Gremlins? So I do. I remember Gremlins was always because I was born in 1986. So every movie I grew up on was on TV at some point. So there's a lot of movies that I have fragmented memories of because I might not have seen the whole movie, but I saw bits and pieces. So I knew I was very familiar with what Gremlins were. And then Gremlins 2, I think, when did that come out? Was it like 91, 92? I think it was 90, but it was still like that very early 90s. And then I think it had a re-release or or it went back to the theaters or something at some point. And, and I saw it the sort of like the second wave or whatever, or later in its theatrical run. And my mom took me, and it was very few times where we went to see um, full-priced movies. We would always go to the Dollar Show. And she took me to the Lincoln Park Theater, the Lincoln Park Star Theater. And when you bought a ticket to go see Gremlins 2 you got a free like little plastic gizmo. And so I got the free little plastic gizmo, watch Gremlins 2, the part with Hulk Hogan comes on, I lose my absolute mind. Uh, and then I think after that, because I would have been six or seven years old at that point, is when I go back and I watch the first Gremlins. And I'm like, oh, this was a little bit more scary than that other one. <laughs> So I don't really have a, I always, I feel like I always just knew Gremlins. Yeah. Like Gremlins was always just a part of my life, but I do have very early memories of remember of seeing the, the neighbor get launched out of the house on the mobility upstairs chair and also Gizmo dressing up as Rambo. Like those are like two core memories I have. But also we had those cards in your card book. Yep. And I would go through that like it was a book book. Because back in the old days, they used to have trading cards of like every movie. And movie scenes. And movie scenes. And I had all of these Batman 89 uh, trading cards. I had all these Gremlins trading cards. I think there were... That might be how I got introduced to Gremlins, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that might have been... Right. Because it was like... Dick Tracy. Yeah, Dick Tracy was another one that was sort of in the Mm. same vein. Where it was like you had all this media surrounding the movie... And then you watch the movie. Yeah. It was it was an interesting time. Mm-hmm. But that's my, yeah. And we had that weird, it was like uh, 
it wasn't even a game, but it was you put it was like a mat and it was like the street and you put stickers of the different yeah. characters on there. <laughs> that's also like one of my earliest. Wow, memories. that's an old memory. Yeah. I love that. My first memory of Gremlins was actually through DVD. Mm-hmm. And that's a movie that like my mom got for me for Christmas, which makes sense. Um, <laughs> and I honestly didn't even see Gremlins 2 until I was much older. Oh, really? Like two years ago was oh. the first time I saw Gremlins 2. Really? Where, where I was a whole ass man. And yeah. uh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like Gremlins 2 is so much worse. It's not. I don't think it is. Well, I think now it's getting like praise yeah. where it should be, but originally well, that key and like... sketch. It's true. Yeah, though. that's well, a big. If you if you listen to what D- Frank Darabont said or, or uh, uh, um, Joe Dante, Gremlins too, uh, it he said like this was the like if given my own devices, this is the Gremlins movie I wanted to make. <laughs> yeah, I love that key and peel sketch where. Uh... Because I think it's Keegan-Michael Key who's impersonating Joe Dante. Yeah, Joe Dante. That's what I meant. Not Frank Darabont. I got you. I got you. Um, They're both great filmmakers. <laughs> but I, because uh, I don't know if you guys ever, like, watched or listened to an interview with Joe Dante, but he does have a very unique way of talking, I think. Oh, okay. Um, Where... I think he's like how there are certain filmmakers I think you can easily impersonate. I think Quentin Tar- Quentin Tarantino's one of them. I think to an extent Martin Scorsese's one of them. Cause they like a lot of us have um nuances th- that uh because like a lot of like when you look at impression videos, I think a lot of people do like Ryan Reynolds or Christopher Walken or Mark Wahlberg, guys that have a very unique nuance to the way they talk and present themselves. And I think Joe Dante kind of has that energy. And then of course, you know, Key and Peel, the, those are master character, uh, character actors and uh, sketch and impersonators. So of course, Keegan-Michael Key is going to have an amazing uh, impersonation. And I love that sketch. <laughs> I think, uh, well, actually, this goes perfectly into my next question, and this applies to both Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Does not apply to Gizmo. Gizmo doesn't count. Okay. What are your guys' favorite Gremlins? Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you answer that. I, I really like the smart one. I really like the smart one. But the bat one's cool, too. Bat but then there's super cool. But then there's Stripe. Oh, yeah. The OG. I think it's the smart one. Uh, who, who who did he talk to? He, goes he talked to, talk. to um, I forget Eber- his name, but he wanted to be the, he was dressed like a vampire and he wanted to be a journalist. No, 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 no. I think it's, my, it's like an Ebert and Roper type it, guy. It's a movie reviewer, uh, Malden. Because Malden? He, I think he hosed the first one. Yeah. And so they had the gremlins kill him in the second one. Yeah, that's, that's- Leonard Malton, but he's not the one talking to the smart gremlin. Was it? They do the scene where he interviews the, or he talks to the smart, or he... No, he's just, he's just doing a movie review and then the gremlins kill him. Either yeah. way, the smart one. Yeah. Either way, I like, I like the smart one and the sexy one too. Sexy one was a good one. They're, they're the same thing. <laughs> Intelligence is sexy, Dylan. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> He's talking. Um, I literally just watched this movie last week. That's why I know it's very fresh in my mind. My grandma wanted to watch Gremlins. So we did. And then it's like, well, we have time. I'll just put on Gremlins too. Why not? Beautiful. <laughs> no, I, I love the Brainiac, the yeah. the Brainy one. I think he's my favorite too, Dylan. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Spider one is probably the like, just like the coolest and like legitimately scary. Yeah. And then the plant one I thought was cool. And then I'm trying to think of the original other than Stripe. You have the one that flashes her, right? Is that in the original? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great. Well, it's both actually, because he kind of makes a comeback in the second one. They right. they do uh, a callback to that. That one popped into my head when you first asked the question. Yeah, because <laughs> the first one they didn't have as many unique personalities. Well, it's because they're at the lab, right? In the second one, they're in the lab, right? Well, the first one has like the Casablanca one. Yeah, has the flash dance one, the mugger one. But no, you're right. They're more like. I do think the second one's way more diverse in what the gremlins are doing. Cause like you have the Phantom of the Opera one in the second one. You have the electricity one. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think there's a wrong answer to be honest. Cause like you have, there's so many and it really just depends on, your taste and preferences, I think. There is a gremlin for everybody. There yeah. really is. Even the Lenny and George gremlins, and they were more so prominent in the... Uh, uh, and was Daffy, did he end up being, being a gremlin, or was he just a mugwai? So they were all... Yeah, they all turned into gremlins. But they, I feel like they had much more to do when they were mugwais, but even, you yeah. know, even their gremlins, when they're, it was the ladies' cooking show, right, that they mess up? Yeah. Yep. They were cool looking, you know? Oh, yeah. And I think it's Mohawk, who is like Stripe 2.0. Mohawk's the one that turns into the spider, I think. Yes. So on the flip side, now we got to talk about our boy Giz. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have a favorite Gizmo moment? What is Rambo? Stinging. Oh, it makes me cry almost every time I hear that thing sing. That little Gizmo song. Yeah. I really, the, honestly, one of my favorite scenes because I feel like Gizmo emotes so much is when they're tearing down the the place and the guy's dead. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, he's so sad. And that scene where he dances. Oh yeah. <laughs> I will always have a special place in my heart for that scene because I I went through this phase where I took that scene and I just put a random song over it every day on TikTok. Until oh. one day I finally went viral when I had Gizmo dancing to the Margarita song. Oh, <laughs> uh, that 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 had like that that one went crazy. It was viewed like eight hundred thousand times and got over a hundred thousand likes and hundreds of comments. It was scary. Also, the first time he sees Billy in Gremlins oh. Billy, yeah, oh yeah, he's so cute. He really he's much is. cuter in the second one than he is the first one. Yeah, like, and he's really cute in the first one, but right. the redesign, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, well, they gave him more to do in the second one. Well, yeah, the technology was better. They could yeah. have him do all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. He could dance now. <laughs> It'd make a bow and arrow. Yep. It's funny. One of the first shots of Gizmo in the second one, he's walking, 
and like in the first uh, and the second one, I mean, and in the first movie, the gremlins and gizmo can't walk at all because of right. the limitations of the technology at the time. So in the second one, it's just like, look what we can do now. Yeah, because in the first one, they do the scene where they're like running down the street, the gremlins. But isn't that all claymation or stop motion? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like what they could do. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's my favorite moment. I think I agree with you again, Dylan, um, <laughs> that Gizmo singing is probably my favorite. But in the first movie, he keeps calling Barney the dog. Um, Shout out to Barney. Woof, woof. Yes. <laughs> and it's so cute. Yeah. And at the very end, you can hear him go, bye, woof, woof. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're doing with that thing. If they were real, they'd be extinct, though. Oh, because we'd have them all. We would, yeah. They well, or do you think they'd be like dogs? Maybe they'd be like dogs. I think we'd, we'd be extinct. We would. We would find mugwise. We'd we'd have them all. We'd domesticate them, and we'd breed out the gremlin. <laughs> they they'd be unable to breathe because their snouts would get. Yeah. I don't think we get that far. I think like you're right. Grem like the gremlins would just kill us all. This yeah. would become gremlin world. You're you're a hundred percent right because they're so cute that nobody would be able to not have one. Mm -hmm. Tell that there's neglectful people that are just getting those things soaking wet, giving them every food there is to f feed them after midnight. Oh yeah, and you know the governments are going to be experimenting on them, so we're going to have Gremlinzilla, who's <laughs> decimating cities, and like just murder gremlins and grem gremlin raptors and just all sorts of gremlin hybrid monsters you can think of and yeah. ones that can use machine guns that would drop into war zones <laughs> oh yeah no really <laughs> they're they're small and can get into tight spaces or just yeah. so destruction well imagine you get a little mugwai you train a horde of those to go into a given area and then and then you get them soaking wet and then it's air <laughs> And then the air is just flooded with gremlins after that. That that's how the that's how the world dies. Yeah. With thunderous applause of gremlins doing the murdering. <laughs> the constant hysterical laughter of gremlins. That's it. I was trying to do a Star Wars episode three yeah. quote, but it's it wasn't working. <laughs> but yeah, I I love gremlins. You guys love <laughs> gremlins. And uh my Final question for you guys. What does gremlins mean to you? Ooh. What do you mean? Just you personally. When, when I say gremlins, what does that movie or the two movies uh, mean to you as like, just like if I were to ask, what does Star Wars or what yeah. does Nightmare on Elm Street mean to you guys? I think gremlins is fun. It, 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 that that's really what it is it's like because the gremlins themselves even though murderous are mischievous and they're like just causing trouble and i think as a kid when i first saw the, the gremlins movies you kind of related to the gremlins like wouldn't it be fun to just get in a tree a christmas tree and just screw around and, yeah you know be unruly in a movie theater and you know all the things that the gremlins uh, do that don't don't involve uh homicide and then just the the gizmo himself was just cute as a button and like the original what was it it was like 
Yoda was awesome. And like, Yoda was ugly, but he was still cute. Yeah. And then Gizmo comes along and you're like, oh my God, that's like a cute Yoda. And then I feel like baby Yoda or Grogu is even, you know, an extension of those big satellite ears, big eyes cut from the same cloth. I, I think you could put Pikachu and Stitch oh, into sure. that same family as well. Stitch for sure. Well, I think all those you could trace back to Gremlins. Yeah. Gizmos. Yeah. yeah. What does Gremlins mean to me? Yeah. What does Gremlins mean to you? It's fun to do bad things. <laughs> <laughs> fun to do bad things with your friends. And also, don't let if you're thinking of surprising your kids for Christmas, <laughs> don't dress as Santa Claus and sneak down the chimney. It <laughs> never works. Funny story, I actually convinced one of my coworkers that uh, that happened to another coworker when he, when they were growing up, and not, the other person didn't know that I was telling this coworker this. <laughs> and so they still, to this day, I hope, think that that happened to this other coworker. Well, not if they listen to Would You Die podcast. That's true. Now they know, and they probably do. But they don't. They don't know that we're talking about them. That's true. It could be <laughs> another entirely be somebody totally different. But yeah, that's a Trickery and property damage. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me today for talking Gremlins with me today. What's the three wise band media up to? Do you guys got special stuff to plug for 2024? Well, the new book's yep. almost out. So the the Elk comic book, we finished the Kickstarter fully funded, and that's going to be coming out here pretty soon. I don't know if it's going to be January or February, uh, but you'll be able to see that kicking around. Um, and then we're always working on things. You know that we're, we're always roping you into shooting pro wrestling or, <laughs> Or something. So I think we got a few things coming down the pipe. We're kind of concentrating on the comic books yeah. for 2024, uh, but some big things in the future potentially. So yeah, I can't wait. And for people who are hearing you guys for the first time, where can they find the Three Wise Men Media? Look us up on YouTube, Three Wise Men Media, T H R E E Y apostrophe S M E N Media. Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, we're everywhere. Except Twitter. Uh, X. Yeah, no, I don't think we are. We were never really big on there. I think we are. but Are we? We're on it, at least. But, yeah, you can find us on all the social media stuff. Just look that stuff up. But YouTube's the big one. That's where you can find. If you like hearing me and Dylan talk, that's where you can, <laughs> that's where you can find us talking a lot more with Kyle and you know Austin makes appearances here and there and helps us shoot some stuff so um yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining me today it was awesome. awesome always is and now a holiday special one would not be complete without a musical performance i was unable to get one together this year but I have last year. So here is a repeat of Christmas Baby Please Come Home as done by my friend Josie Palmer. This originally was on the 2022 Gremlins holiday special, the first one. But you know what? It's making a comeback for this one. Please enjoy. Snow's cold. 
Thank you for listening to the Gremlins Holiday Special 2. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season, and I especially want to thank Chloe, Michael, Chris, NJ, Tyler, and Dylan for joining me for the 99th episode of this podcast. 99 episodes, guys. That's crazy. A reminder, I just became an affiliate for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. I definitely recommend checking out their magazine and even subscribing. And if you decide to do that, don't forget to use the promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. If you like this show, please let me know. Leave a review and rate on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to this show. Also, feel free to interact with me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're most comfortable. It may not seem like a lot, but trust me, every like, every share, every comment, every follow... It really, really helps this podcast grow and to keep me going. And, you know, feel free to let me know how I'm doing. What do you guys like about the show? Areas that where I can improve? Guests you'd like me to have on? Or, like, monsters, villains, slashers you want me to talk about? Whatever you guys have in mind, reach out. Let me know. Let me know what you guys think. You can find the show social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. Also, now you can follow me on TikTok at Would You Die Podcast. Would You Die is a partner with the Three Wise Men Media, a Metro Detroit-based group of awesome guys, Kyle, Tyler, and Dylan, where they bring you professional wrestling, indie comic books, and so much more. Check out their YouTube channel. You're going to like their stuff. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. Next week is the 100th episode of the Would You Die podcast, and you guys do not want to miss it. I'm talking to a horror icon about a horror icon. It's, it's truly a special one. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.
now I have another reason to hate Christmas. 